Blog Talk Radio. I was a quick 20 seconds. Dan Cassavera. Gloria. No, I won't give in. This is Over the Top Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. Good morning, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio Show on Block Talk Radio and Facebook Live as well. I am your host, Robbie D, along with Big Mike and Vinny the Shark here on Saturday morning, November 18th um, at 10.30 a.m. for a big show that we have for you guys tonight. Of course, Goon, as always, on the other side, he is producing this show. Hopefully no hockey fights for him today. He can be on point for the next 90 minutes because we will be with you guys talking sports, college football, NFL. We're going to talk about NHL, MLB, uh, with the MVP votes for this week, Rookie of the Year as well, uh, NBA, of course, as well, and even maybe a little Survivor Series, a big event tomorrow night for the WWE. Um, Give us a call, 646-716-5403. That is 646-716-5403. Or send us your tweets on Twitter. We will answer those questions. Fantasy football, we are getting into the nitty-gritty of it all. At week 11, playoffs are around the corner. Are you going to make the playoffs? Are you a buyer trying to get in? Or are you a seller looking towards next year if you're in a keeper league? Uh, any of those questions, send them to us on Twitter or give us a call. We would talk about them as well. Today, obviously, fantasy basketball and hockey, if you're into it as well, let us know. Um, but a lot to talk about today, guys. Of course, the college gridiron, we're going to get into that in just a few minutes as Vinny is finalizing his picks. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you know that this guy pulled a uh, a little late entrance here. This guy's on California time, but he'll be ready in just a couple of minutes with those picks. Um, let's get it out of the way, Mike. A little bit of a controversy this week in the MVP voting in the National League. Uh, the couple of guys that, listen, it was two votes. It's as close as you'll ever get. But the two guys that were number one and two were on pretty bad teams. Um, you had Giancarlo Stanton pulling it out over Joey Votto. Yeah, Rob, it was the closest MVP race since 1944, uh, as you mentioned, two votes separated them. Stanton I don't have a problem with. The season was monstrous. I have more of a problem with Votto finishing second and Goldie not finishing second. Uh, the Reds went 68-94. and 94. So how valuable was Joey Votto to this team? Are you telling me that without Joey Votto, they would have won, what, 30 games? I, well, I mean, Without Joey Votto, they couldn't lose 94 games? I, yeah, you know? It's just ridiculous. So, you know, I understand. I am not somebody that believes that the MVP, their team, has to make the playoffs. I'm not one of those guys. Most valuable player to their team in the regular season. That's what I believe in. But, um, you know, to say a team with 68 wins, 94 losses, and Joey Votto's finishing second in the, in the race is, is a joke. Well, the Diamondbacks made the playoffs this year. They had one of their better seasons in recent memory. Um, I don't think they do it without Paul Goldschmidt. Um, and I think Arenado and Blackman, I think they hurt each other by being on the same team, splitting the votes. I think uh, that eliminated Arnado and Blackman out of contention, them being on the same team. And Goldie, I think that J.D. Martinez hurt him, too, also, because that guy was even – he could have put him in the mix of MVP. His numbers were monster. He had 11 year. votes for a guy that played less than two yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. shows I mean, how great he was. Yeah, the fire he get any. So it was down to two guys that didn't even make the playoffs, and a lot of people are iffy on that. I know Stan did 59 home runs, but the Marlins did finish eight games under 500. Yeah, uh, listen, A-Rod won it on the last-place team. 
it's very Obviously, hard. No, he's an exception to the rule. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm sure. I'm, if you had a vote, you might have voted for him this year. I would have voted play, for Alex so. this year. You know what? They'll get my vote as Yankee uh, general manager. The thing with yeah, I'm sorry. The thing with Stanton, though, the, the Marlins finished second in the NL East. Like they weren't supposed to be there. I, I don't know what their projections were at the beginning of the season, but I can tell you that they weren't expected to finish second. Maybe third, fourth in the division. And that's so, not a point for Goldie exactly. The Diamondbacks finished significantly heavier than they did last year. They right. So much better than they did. I, I vote, Goldie would have got my vote. That's Let me ask you guys this: Do they need to change the name? I mean, the whole most valuable player thing, should it just be player of the year? Because if it's player of the year, we don't have this discussion, right? I feel like you don't have to change the name. It's pretty much that anyway, player of the year. Uh, it is, but when people get into the discussion, now, Mike, like Mike just said, in Mike's view, you don't have to make the playoffs. But there's a lot of guys that are really livid right now. These guys didn't make the playoffs. How are they more valuable? Joey Votto's team didn't even win 70 games this right. year. How valuable could he have been? Now you want to talk about player of the year. Of course he belongs in the discussion. Joey Votto had an awesome year this season. But a lot of people are going to sit there and say, hey, we're going to take this by most valuable player, the most literal term that there is. These guys shouldn't be up there. They were on bad teams. Paul Goldschmidt brought his team to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily uh, – I'm old school. I like the MVP term. I like the Cy Young term. I like the names that they have and what they stand for. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with Stanton. Like I said, I don't have a problem with Goldsmith. If, if it would have been Arenado, I wouldn't have had a problem. My main problem is that it's Joey Votto on a 68-win team finishing two votes less than Mike Stanton. Had he won the award, I would have been sitting here ranting that this is a crime. Yeah, but you just said you don't care about how bad teams are. You, but I you care about wins. 68 wins? How valuable are you talking I mean, about? I'm, I'm with you. I believe 68 wins shouldn't even put Joey Votto in second. I now, think Goldsmith got robbed of this award. But let me tell you this, though. If I didn't tell you who the player was – and I told you that this guy played every single game. He had 36 homers, 100 RBI, 106 runs, 134 walks, had a 454 on-base percentage and 320 average. That's an MVP season. It is, but we're talking about two different things here. Most valuable to your team but that's my has point to though. have some sort of reflection on the standings. And that's why I'm saying doesn't have to be a playoff team, but you better have more than freaking 68 wins. And if you take Joey Votto off the Reds, they probably lose just a little less games, I would say. And I think that you're both completely right, but that's why I asked the question, do we need to change then what this, what this award means? Maybe keep it as the MVP, but maybe not be as literal with most valuable player. Because baseball is not so much a team sport where, I mean, it's so individualized where there's nobody on his team that no matter what they do can take away from the numbers he had. Um, and you can't just go out there and win games by yourself in baseball. This isn't basketball no. where you can be a center or a point guard that runs a game and you're so good you can dominate games. Um, well, like, you know, you see guys in the NBA like Antenna Cupo right now can go out there and win a game any day. Harden can go out there, score 55 points, win the game for his team. You can't do that in baseball. So I am also on Mike's side where I love MVP, Cy Young. I love what they – those are the names. You don't want to all of a sudden be POI, you know, the right. player of the year. Right. But I think is that's the disconnect now with a lot of fans and even voters with taking it literal. Are you the most valuable player to your team or should this be voted on for who's the best player in the league? If it's simply the best player in the league and you take all the team stuff out of it, Votto definitely has a right to be up there. But it's also, it's really hard to argue, Stan. He had 59 home runs. That's the most home runs we've seen in God knows how long. I, I'm not, home I, run shy of Babe not, I don't disagree either. I, I'm not saying that even Votto should have beaten that Stanton. And if we, you remember, any of you guys that were listening, we did the show all, all summer long 
we did different MVP updates. We did it at, uh, when we started the show. We I was a big advocate about Cody Bellinger. When he got called yeah, up, we know. Were, <laughs> well, all right, well, they went on that huge tear there where I think they had seven losses in like a 40-game stretch. I mean, to me, the impact that you had on the team is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, um, player of the year. MVP. It's a debate that goes on in every sport all the time. It happened even if you remember with A-Rod, we talked about it when he won it when the Rangers were a last-place team. Hey, they could have finished in last place with or without A-Rod. Um, I just think that that's a big disconnect. You don't have that with the Cy Young. The Cy Young's best pitcher. You could go 20-3 and three on a last-place team or you, you know, and still win it. It doesn't matter what your team did. Um, so that's just a disconnect, and it's in all sports. So I think it's just a very interesting argument. It's never going to change. In hockey, it's a little bit different. Um, because it's not actually the MVP, it's at least not called that. So people uh, people don't have the same exact you know anger that they might have. Listen, Joey Votto had a great year. He was second to begin with. Um, none of us though had Stanton or Votto winning when we did any of our predictions throughout the entire summer. That's what's interesting. As great as Stanton was, we had Bellinger, we had Arenado, we had Goldschmidt. None of us had any of these two guys. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. But uh, Stanton really went on that tear there. And I was expecting him to slow down at some point. The tear that he went on for a power hitter is just so uh, unsustainable uh, in today's game. But he just never slowed down. It was it was actually pretty cool to watch, uh, you know, over those final months. You talk about how unsustainable it was. That's what Aaron Judge was doing for the first half of the season. Um, the power worked, and it won out in the National League. It did not in the American League as Jose Altuve ran away. With it, 27 out of 30 first-place votes. Judge only got two. Uh, Judge finished in second, where he definitely belonged with the great season. Yeah, listen, he was a rookie. But uh, it's just funny, in the National League, the power won out. And in the American League, it wasn't. It was the all-around play of Jose Altuve. Yeah, uh, I want to go back to this 2003 voting that A-Rod won with the last-place Rangers. Oh, come on. Do you know who two and three were in the voting? I do, because I looked at your phone. Okay, and I number two, I have to imagine, didn't make the playoffs. And you could even argue had better numbers than A-Rod did. It was Carlos Delgado. Number three, you'll never guess. It was Jorge Posada in wow. 2003. Delgado's numbers, let's go A-Rod's first. He won 47 home runs, 118 RBIs, and a 298 average. Uh, Delgado had 42 home runs, 145 runs batted in, and a 302 average. And I have to imagine that Blue Jays didn't make the playoffs either that year. Right. And A-Rod didn't make the playoffs either. I'm surprised they gave it to Alex over Delgado, I guess. Maybe. Was that Delgado's walk here? Did he go to the Mets the following? What year um, was No, he went to the Marlins before the Mets, right? right? Yes. He was on Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, so so the American League, no controversy there. Um, I didn't think it would be this much of a blow away. I really think that Judge um, he struck out. He much. had he had that six week span between July, uh, the All Star break and the end of August where he was just so bad that I think that that influenced a lot of voters and it rightfully did. so because it and it should have. You're right. <laughs> at that same time, Carlos Correa was injured and Jose Altuve put that team on his back without Correa there, and that that's a big difference. And uh, Judge will be back. Judge will win another MVP. He'll be up for MVP again. Um, so Judge will be back. He'll be there. Uh, Altuve, one of now just three players to win the MVP in the World Series in the same season. Derek Sanderson Jeter being one of them. The other one, I don't know. I just noticed that. I think, it, I think it was some dude on the Tigers. I think I remember seeing an MLB Network the other day. I had no idea who so, I was. So no controversy but there. a year for Altuve. He deserved it, much deserved him. Yeah, you couldn't give the judge. He struck out too much in that second pass slump, just uh, shot him in the foot, despite how impressive his numbers were overall. And Corey Kluber, Max Scherzer, each winning uh, another Cy Young. Uh, Max Scherzer now with three, so he's putting himself in Hall of Fame territory. For sure. Um, for sure now, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer with his two different color eyes. Um, 10th pitcher to win three Cy Youngs in Major League history. 
Yeah, he was phenomenal. I think we all, uh, you know, were pretty much on that um, when we did the, the middle of the predictions there. Kershaw missed a little bit of time. Scherzer was just dominant. I had no problem with this. I just, I just missed the uh, AL guys, so I'd like to go back to that. I would have had no issue if Judge got the award because this is what I'm talking about with MVP, most valuable to your team. Who projected the Yankees to make the playoffs this year? Nobody. Right. And for them to make the playoffs, and obviously the voting is done before the playoffs, uh, before the playoffs start, but they know who made the playoffs. But what he did, and you talk about how Correa missed time and Altuve put the team on his back, Judge put the team on, uh, on his back from day one and carried it through. I was telling you, I think the, the third show we did, I said, sell off on Aaron Judge in fantasy. He's not hitting 50 home runs. Well, I was wrong. I'm dead wrong. <laughs> um, this is a guy that I would have been perfectly fine had he won the MVP because the MVP award stands for this type of player. Most valuable to your team. They were not projected to make the playoffs, and he single-handedly at times brought them there. And you make a good case of that. Altuve was great all season long, and you have to imagine that that slump of Judge is what really – made people not vote for him. It right. had to be this that little slump there. But you're right. In terms of teams expected to get their playoffs, the Astros are expected to exactly. get Exactly. Thank and you, And the Yankees Vinny. definitely weren't. Exactly. So that's and you know I hate the Yankees. So I, for me to sell you on it, you know that I, I'm pretty passionate about this. Do you think the strikeouts hurt him too? Because I'm sure when Ryan Howard won the MVP, he had probably led the league in strikeouts, Tim or Adam Dunn. I don't know so. if they hurt him as much um, as the Astros being 10 games better than the Yankees right. in the standings. Yep. Maybe, hey, they were – the best team, them and Cleveland were far and away the best teams in the American League. Um, you even saw the, the other first-place vote um, went to, who was it, Jose Ramirez? He had an unbelievable had year. He really he did. did. So he only, he, Judge had two first-place votes. Ramirez had one. But this is, so this is another thing that I'd like to just bring up to you guys real quick and get your thoughts. But Jose, Jose Ramirez had a great season. He did. But he wasn't Judge and Altuve. Who was the idiot voting for him? I could tell you that answer. Good, please. You guys talk. I'll figure <laughs> it out. Probably a Cleveland homer. It has to be. has to be. He had a great season. Don't get me wrong. And he, you know, he was somebody that exceeded expectations. But he didn't have the seasons Altuve and Judge had. Are you there's, kidding? There's always that voter who will vote someone stupid just right. so no Rustin Dodd from the Kansas City Star. So it was a Kansas City writer. Had uh, mm-hmm. Ramirez one, Altuve two, Judge three. And by the way, the best player in the American League this year was Mike Trout. Right. His and injury he was ever, of, exactly. He was so good. He would yeah. have won the MVP. If he didn't miss so much well, time, the real he had his best AL. season of the year. Right. He is the and, and he's going to win plenty more. So this was the year he was also for somebody else's career. Before this, injury yeah, the best per game. He had the best numbers of his career this year. Anyway, that guy's phenomenal. He's on another level, and you know he's going to be piling up MVPs the rest of his career. So he gave somebody else a chance. I believe it's the first time he didn't finish top two in his career. Is that right? I, I believe you. If you tell me that. So Vinny's obviously a Yankee fan. He wouldn't have had a problem with it. Rob, if I said to you, Judge won the MVP, would you have a problem with it? Uh, problem with it? No. I, did, I, I didn't think it would be this much of a blowout. Right. I thought it would be closer. I'm okay with Altuve winning also. Right. Um, 27 first place votes. Right? This is the first time in his career that Mike Trout was not one or two in the MVP voting. He was four. And you know what? It seems like, uh, you know, we're getting a little off topic here, but it seems like the Angels are going to start buying for him. They just signed up in. They're trying to get their name in there for free agency. It's about time that they try to surround Mike Trout with a little bit of talent and, and go for a playoff push. And they had a better year this year, too. They just need a nice left-hand power bat yep. in there, and then uh, they need a pitcher. Exactly, and pitching. Yep. Both pitching is terrible, the whole yep. staff. But they uh, overexceeded my expectations. The up the move was big for them. I agree with you. So that pretty much closes the book um, until the Yankees find their manager. Who knows when that will be. Aaron Boone, the latest 
player to be interviewed by Brian Cashman and company. Um, Chris Edwards, another guy. Chris Chris <laughs> anybody with no experience, that's what's going to be. Brian Cashman is your manager. Yeah, you've seen a lot of uh, you've seen a lot of weird names thrown out there. I saw somebody call yesterday and say Nick Swisher should get the job. So I mean, that would be it's a just oh, it's, the it's, players will love him. He's so fun. <laughs> disaster. <laughs> to me, it's kind of a. Uh, it, it kind of got a little, little dagger to Joe Girardi that all these guys with no um, experience are going to go out there and get this job that he held so graciously they and need he a was yes so man, good man. at. That's what it is. Exactly. They want a yes man, and they want a guy that's all into these analytics and all of these advanced stats and to the shifts and all that stuff. And that's why I leave David weird. Cohen. He's big with all that stuff. We didn't speak to it either. We haven't had a show. So Tal Steinberger came out and said that he had made up his mind that Girardi would have been gone had they won the World Series. No that they what. had. Right, that they had had riffs for three years and now. And that is surprising. That means they were set a long time, and um, no matter what, I'm surprised. If they won a World Series, how do you not bring the guy back? Right. You, know, you think that's all talk, or you think he actually meant it? Um, I, think, I, mean, I think he meant it. But to, if to win a World Series and then not bring him back, he would have faced a I mean, lot of heat. I think he meant Yeah, I mean, I'd be pissed, too. I'd probably be supporting Joe a lot more than I am right now. Right. Um, like I said, I'm okay with Girardi gone. I'm, I'm fine with the, the new regime here that they're going. Girardi, I've, I've had a lot of – Times I've been pissed with him, you know. So it's, I think it's time for a change. It's a shame because Yankees obviously overexceeded their expectations this year, and he did a good job with the team overall. He had that terrible call in the playoffs, we all know, but he also single-handedly won in that wild card game. Yep. That was all on him going to the bullpen. He had his ups, he had his downs. It was a good run for Joe. And now let's give a new guy a shot and see what they do. Let's see. Brian Cashman set this team up, and let's see what he's got going forward now on the field. I've said this for a long time. It's almost impossible to find a fan that likes his manager in baseball on a day-by-day basis. And I didn't always know this. I loved mine my first half of my life. You you guys had your problems with Joe Torre for a while, too. Let me tell you. And even Buck Showalter. Joe Torre also had loaded teams. I mean, he really just had to be the glue to bring yeah, he had to just, you know, bring all those personalities together. But those teams that Tory had were loaded. And I was a Bobby Cox fan, but on a day-by-day basis, there were a lot of times I didn't like Bobby Cox. I thought he made mistakes. I didn't like his, his moves to the bullpen where he pinch hit guys. It's just so hard in baseball. There are so many decisions that you can micromanage as a fan. He should have done this. He should have gone to the lefty there. Why didn't he stick with this guy? It's very rare to find a manager that fans love these days. Yeah, I'm just happy I don't have to see that binder anymore. <laughs> the binder has definitely been a big thing with Yankee fans. Uh, we'll see. He did a very good job, I thought, with them. Um, but maybe this new guy does it. They have a great core. It's a great job to walk into for anybody. Yeah, um, a lot of pressure, though, for a first-time manager to come into New York, a place where it's Yankee media crazy, and to deal with all the pressures of being the New York Yankees manager, trying to win number 28 um, for a first-time manager to handle that, I think, is the only big deal. Otherwise, Honestly, putting together that lineup won't be that hard. They're a pretty good lineup. No, and they just expressed interest in Jerickson Profar, uh, former number one overall prospect. Uh, he would be a nice utility infielder. I don't know what the trade would be for them, but I hope they don't give up too much because I actually like uh, Torres as that little backup guy, even though he got picked off in second in the damn playoff game. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Uh, so baseball season officially wrapped up now we are in the hot stove time uh of course if the yankees make a decision we will discuss it we will get Vinny's take on that as soon as that happens uh moves will start being made soon free agency real quick everything. the nl mvp will he be a marlin next year no no, no i don't think so no way um and there's been a big thing around here trying to get him to go to the mets and i don't think the mets will spend the money but i think the mets will make money if they get him i don't think they could do that contract man was it 10 years 295 mil yeah but they would make money on it i agree with him you. in would, new york but they I don't would think they could make it. a profit him with Cespedes, uh rosario i think takes the next step i think dominic smith and i've said it all along i think he's trash and i think his numbers Agreed. were inflated from vegas uh you know out there 
And um, Sandy Alderson came out, just to talk Mets real quick, it came out this week and said, hey, we'll shop Dom Smith. Well, there's no interest in Dom Smith because every other team knows that he's trash. He's like a fat 23-year-old. Right. He's so you're fat now, what do you – This yeah. is another draft pick that uh, just went down the tube. Uh, hopefully Rosario, who I think actually can turn out to be the real deal. Um, you know, they need – the Mets have holes. They have holes in pitching. They have holes in offense. And, and the bullpen needs to be rebuilt. So Mets have a lot of holes, but I agree with you, Rob. If they brought in Mike Stanton, uh, that's something that I think they need to do just to, to compete with the Yankees in the New York market after the season the Yankees had. Can you imagine Judge and Stanton in the same market? Awesome. There was even a report this week that you, there was talk of them being in the same outfield. John Heyman reported this yeah, week that, that the Yankees that did talk about uh, acquiring Giancarlo Stanton. Um, they have the prospects. For yes, it. they do. Oh, yeah, so yes, do the Mets. Do. So do the Mets. It just depends on who wants to give it up for the contract. The Yankees are so interested in getting underneath that threshold. Uh, they don't want to pay the luxury tax anymore. Um, so is that something that they're going to do? It's going to be very interesting. I can't see them um, making an outfield move, though, with Judge, Hicks, uh, Ellsbury, Gardner, and Frazier in the minor league. So I can't see them making that. And you have to think the Marlins want some sort of pitching prospects also. And the yeah. Yankees are more loaded on the bat side. I know they have Chance Adams, who's supposed to be a very good pitching prospect. Very good. But they him. are more loaded on the hitting side of the ball, whereas the Mets actually are more loaded on the pitching side. Of, uh, and they're loaded wise. in the bullpen. To the Yanks, also, they're putting Chad Green as a starting pitcher going to spring training. I don't know if I like that. Did you guys, any of you hear Joe and Evan yesterday morning? No. So this was the talk on Joe and Evan. I want to get your take, especially Mike as a Met fan. Um, Michael Conforto and Steven Matz for Giancarlo. Who says no? No, I'm done. Sold. I'd do it. Absolutely. That's what, that's what Joe said. Evan said that the Marlins wouldn't do it. Oh, I don't think uh, the Marlins he, would do it either. Joe said he would do it. Oh, no. Evan said he didn't think he would do it as a Mets fan. He doesn't want to give up on Conforto. Joe said throw in Ahmed Rosario and Dominic Fitzgerald. <laughs> Joe said he would give up any five people in the organization to get Giancarlo. It's actually been very funny. They did something where every single segment, until he gets traded, they're going to mention Giancarlo going to the Mets. And the Marlins probably wouldn't have to ride in Conforto on their all-star ballot to get him in. <laughs> I think that if you're a Marlins fan, though, I think you seriously have to consider that. I think you need one more piece, another arm. Um, Matt's that left-handed pitcher. He's just had injuries uh, after injuries. But when healthy, he's, he's very effective. You think so? I think he's shot. I don't know about that. He's but so Miller. talented. He just can't yeah. Harvey. They're They're all not Con- Conforto, I mean, until he – Syndergaard could be shot too. Con- <laughs> Conforto, you can make the argument, was the best Mets hitter all season until he got hurt. So, yeah, for sure. He was. So Conf- uh, And Bruce, uh, obviously. But uh, Conforto and Matson, if you threw in another another pitcher, I mean, I would give you – you know, Matt Harvey doesn't have value, but – he could turn it around, uh, turn around and be a uh, you know a, a twelve and ten starter, thirteen and ten type starter, uh, you know any other pitcher that they wanted besides Syndergaard and Degrom, fine. And what do you think the market is for Bruce? And do you want him back at the Mets? No, I, I don't think he wants to come back here. He's I come out. He's going to get paid nice too. I he's come out on the Braves for a minute. Uh, well, oh the my God. I would take him. Oh, he was killing the Yanks in the postseason. He destroyed the uh, the Mets clubhouse. He said it was one of the worst clubhouses yeah, yeah, he's been that. in, and uh, he's not coming back. But here. you know what? He probably speaks a lot of truth. I don't think he, he's the problem in the clubhouse. No. I just think he was talking about the atmosphere yes, there I agree. and how he got such a breath of fresh air when he went to Cleveland yep. and saw what the other side is like again. Um, he's going to get paid. I said it all season long. How is this guy not more in demand at the trade deadline? He was a giveaway and all, late August. I don't know. Rob, that that uh, shortstop converted pitcher the Mets got in single A could turn out to be a, a nice bullpen. He could be so. the difference in the Binghamton yeah. Mets uh, oh, yeah. quest for a 2020. I mean, you want to talk about just bad trade. They should have <laughs> kept him to that point. 
And I'll tell you, uh, Jay Bruce would make a good fit with the Angels going back after they need a lefty bat. He'd be a great fit. He could probably fit on, on 30 teams. Uh, he, he limited his strikeouts. He was clutch in the playoffs. I feel playoffs. like he was not appreciated as much on the Mets. At all. He was gone. At and all. then you realize he was a pretty right. good player. Yep. <laughs> I feel like if I'm the Angels, I right, just jumped. No, I jumped the gun early on Justin Upton. I think they could have gone out and gotten Giancarlo and had him and Trout go 3-4 in that lineup. And pool holes for that With matter. Holes right. That Clean pass in the outfield. Got rid of Grandy. Got rid of uh, Bruce. The Mets... Um, who will be there after this next year with Conforto. Cespedes, and, and I'm hoping that you give Brandon Nimmo a shot in center field. You need somebody that can actually man center Juan field. Juan Lagaris will what still be longest, out there. He's going to be out there. What's the longest fan Nimmo's ever been up for? I feel like he only comes up and it's for like a series or two. Oh, that's it. Or, or September, yeah. he's up for the whole month. Yeah. I can tell you I, that. But I feel like you never they have, this was guy. a first-round pick that yeah. they just refused to give a shot to, and he actually was batting leadoff uh, last season because he had a good on base. He showed that he can get on base. It's it's alarming to me that he's not ready by now. He was drafted a while ago now. You know, that was like time a, to move on. Like then. If he's not ago. ready, it's time to move on. Speaking and I would of, 100% do anything I could just to finish up to bring in Stanton. Speaking of time to move on, it is 10:55. Um, for all of you that said to us, we talk too much Giants. There you go. You got 25 minutes <laughs> of baseball in November from Over the Top Sports Radio. Um, but before the college slate gets underway with some early games today. Uh, let's hit the college football uh, gridiron. Not too many good games. <laughs> See, we don't even need Goon anymore. We got our own like music on it right here. You're supposed to talk over me, Rob. I was the melodious tones of Vinny the Shark. I was getting a little excited. I'm not going to lie. almost put my hand on your leg. But, um, Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> well, we are Facebook Live. It would have given the five viewers that we had. Um Anyway, not a great slate today. Mike and I were talking about it before you got here. Um, to me, the thing that stood out was Darnold versus Josh Rosen. Um, Mike had a game, a couple games he was looking at, too. Um, Giants and Jets will both have scouts today at that game, USC-UCLA. Um, they share a city right now. They might even share a city next year when they're both in New York. Uh, give me your thoughts on that game. All right. UCLA-USC might be the game of the day. I think USC stinks. I think Sammy Darnold is overrated, and uh, Darnold is um, supposed to be a projected pick, obviously. He has not panned out. Uh, UCLA, I like them with the points to cover here. USC has been decent at home. They've been a much more or less efficient on the road here. But I think UCLA in a rivalry game and a game that really is their season right here, UCLA against USC. I love UCLA with the double possession spread. 15 points, UCLA, they'll get it done and cover. Don't know if they'll necessarily win. But it should be a pretty good game because I don't think USC is all that good. They need the win to be uh, bowl eligible, UCLA, too. So they Absolutely. are playing for something and This today. is a robbery game. There, this is their season right here is on the line, UCLA. So I like them with the points. So the only game that really jumped out, Vinny, is obviously number 24, Michigan, at number five, Wisconsin. I have the spread, Wisconsin giving seven, two of the best defenses in the nation. And last October, Michigan beat Wisconsin 14-7. What am I looking at today? I mean, the uh, under 42, it should be a boring game. Wisconsin, first of all, Michigan was ranked this game, so this game could be appealing to you. Like, like you guys said, the slate isn't as impressive as it was last week. Last week's slate was beautiful for college fans. Uh, Michigan got ranked at 24 just for this game. Uh, Wisconsin should get it done. This is their second-ranked uh, opponent now this year. They looked pretty damn good last week against Iowa in their uh, ranked game. I like Wisconsin at home to get it done. Buy it down to six and a half. Wisconsin should get the job done because Michigan's offense, it blows. I have to mention Miami uh, after the last week. They are at home, ranked three this week uh, against Virginia. 19.5 the spread. Virginia's rush de- uh, defense stinks, um, and the rest of the defense is just not good. They can't run the ball. 19.5, Vinny, is that too high? 
big time win from the U over those Irish who are now no longer in the playoffs. And, ooh, it's very happy to say so. <laughs> um, Miami looked pretty good. And I didn't think they deserved the two spot because that was really their only big win of the year against Notre Dame. But they are two. And now they got to prove that they're worth it. Are they two? Uh, they're they're three, actually. Three. No, right? That's three. Clemson three. got two, yes. right? Yes, yes. You know what? I still think that belonged to Oklahoma, too. But uh, Clemson, two. Miami, three. Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. Oklahoma, four. Miami, nine and zero. They should win the spread. I guess at home they should be able to beat Virginia with that. But Virginia also, this would be a huge win. They'll come out and be a little competitive. I'm a little iffy on the spread. I wouldn't touch it. But Miami will get this job done here, and they will win and prove that they belong in the top four. Uh, I think their the ACC matchup is going to kill them with Clemson Miami because I can't wait for that game. I think Clemson will roll over them. So uh, Rob and I were just looking uh, the Alabama game. I mean, like we said, there's no other real standout games. Alabama's at home, uh, ranked one against Mercer. Uh, the last time they met was 1940. Rob knows the year very well as a Islander fan. And Alabama won 20 to nothing. <laughs> the spread here, Rob just showed me, is 30, I believe. No, 50. 50. I was going to say, I have never seen a 50-point spread in my life. There's a lot of big spreads, man. Uh, 50? Oklahoma's given 30 and a half. 50 is a huge spread. And I'm it's not... November. It's not week one anymore. <laughs> That's when you're going to get your cup. 50 in November? The number one team. Can you give them a test NCAA? It's freaking November. Alabama has a cakewalk schedule, but when it comes down oh to right teams, they still get it done. They could put their feet up in this game. 50 points is a lot. I don't know if they're going to cover 50, <laughs> but this is Mercer and Alabama's home. It's going to be a blowout. It's not even worth watching, and that's why Alabama's on at 12. Whenever Alabama's on at 12, the game's not worth watching. They're a 330 or primetime team. Uh, number 16, Mississippi State at Arkansas. Many very interesting to me because the Razorbacks have given up 33 points in six straight games, and Mississippi State showed me something against Alabama. Spread here, I have 13. Yeah, Mississippi State looked really good last year. They gave Alabama a scare. It came down to a wire against them. Arkansas is usually good for a big upset. They usually play Alabama pretty tough, too. But um, looking at it here, they haven't had that chance. Against TCU, they got a uh, 28-7 loss. A&M, they lost 50-43. to Alabama, 41-9. And Auburn, 52-20. to Even LSU, 33-10. to So Arkansas hasn't showed up against these ranked teams. So after Mississippi State, uh, close loss to Alabama, you got to feel good about them. I like them to cover as well. And uh, last game I wrote down that jumped out at me, Notre Dame after last week. Navy at number eight, Notre Dame. Uh, 18 is the spread. Last November, Navy won 28-27. Notre Dame is a lot better team than they were last year. <laughs> You'd have to think they're going to win. They need this win big time after a loss. They have three losses now. Notre Dame, they can't afford another loss. I expect them to come out, win big after their upsetting loss to Miami. And what are we betting today, Vin? All right, the picks are in. Rob, you're going to like my first one here. This one's for you, baby. Arizona State. Minus seven to the lowly Oregon State Beavers. Oregon State's one and nine. Arizona State can put up points. They do that every year. And I like Arizona State to go in there and cover. They need to win to be bowl eligible. There you go. Let's get them bowl eligible against the Beavers. Oregon State is disgustingly bad. They're right up there with North Carolina. It's one of the worst <laughs> teams in college football. I like Arizona State minus seven on the road over there. I think that's a low spread. Maybe I'm wrong because it looks too easy, but we'll see. Arizona State, we're going with the first bet. Wisconsin, I told you to buy the points, make it six and a half. They will defeat Michigan in that piss poor offense over there. Wisconsin minus six and a half. UC, LA, plus 15. I don't like USC. I don't think they deserve to be giving their rivals that many points. Love UCLA plus 15. And then I'm going to go with West Virginia minus three at home. They're seven and three against Texas, who is a very inconsistent team. I think they're more bad than good. Texas is five and five. I like West Virginia at home minus three against Texas. And my teaser of the week for you all. Three teams, 10-point teaser. We're going Michigan State, minus 5.5, UCLA, plus 21.5, and 25.5, and I'm sorry, and Louisville, minus 3. Louisville is uh, facing Syracuse. 
They've had a little down year. I'd like Lamar Jackson to bounce back. I don't think they cover the 13. They're facing Syracuse. I know they beat Clemson. I don't expect them to get another upset in Louisville. So I like Lamar Jackson to put up some big numbers. Louisville minus three. Those are your picks. Goon, was get them up on the Twitter feed if you are unable to keep up with them. But uh, get them in. Vinny's been making money all year. He's going to make you money as well. Uh, college football slate, very boring one this week. Uh, not a lot to go over on Monday night. I don't see any big uh, upsets, but we'll see what happens. We'll get to that on Monday. Now the big deal, NFL Week 11. We are in the last third of the season now. Um, the quickest sport in, in, in sports. I mean, the season's already in Week 11. We're almost there. Uh, fantasy football time, guys. This is your make or break. The I next don't think couple it's been weeks. a quick season at all. It's been a long, hard season. It goes by. We were in <laughs> Dallas 11 weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. 11 weeks. That's crazy. It feels like it was just last week. Um, so much has changed. 11 weeks ago, I had hopes, guys. <laughs> yeah, so did the Giants. So did a lot of people. Uh, and now we're sitting here watching UCLA, USC, saying which one of these overrated quarterbacks might be a Giant next year. Um but make or break for you guys in fantasy. If you're a fringe team, the next two weeks are huge. A lot of it happens in the next five days because don't forget, you got Thanksgiving on that Thursday. You got the three games. Uh, so it's not a heavy uh, Sunday heavy week next week. So between tomorrow, Monday, and Thursday, a lot of your fantasy playoffs are going to be decided. Uh, one game in the books already, and if you have Antonio Brown, you're on your way to a victory this week. If you're facing Antonio Brown, you, you are climbing a big uphill battle. Uh, the Steelers are a different team at home. We've talked about them all year. They have gone through so much adversity that they themselves have created, uh, but they are now 8-2. and two. They beat the Titans 40-17, to and they have the best record in the AFC. Yeah, so, listen, we all have liked Pittsburgh at times this, uh, this year. Don't get me wrong. They're a very talented team. They have come o- uh, overcome adversity, like you said. Pittsburgh Steelers haven't scored over 30 points until the other day. And I tweeted that um, at halftime that they hadn't scored 30 points and then, you know, put up a 40 spot. Uh, even the 49ers had scored 30 points and they had Mariota four interceptions, just not going to get it done. Murray and Henry were horrible. I expected the Tennessee pass game to be much better uh, after watching what the Colts did. Brissett was finding open guys. He found Moncrief and uh, Chester Rogers, a lot of blown coverages in that Steelers secondary. And again, missing Hayden. I expected the Steelers to put up more of a fight, and that just did not happen. Pittsburgh absolutely steamrolled them, and uh, they looked much better. They really did. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he found that confidence he was lacking. I think Ben Mazzani had four touchdowns, correct? Yes. Um, I thought the Titans just looked really, really sloppy. Mariota made some mistakes. Delaney Walker dropped a touchdown, and they just weren't running the ball. When they don't run the ball, they're not that great of a team. But their defense really sucked to give up that many points. I don't think the Titans are that great of a team. I always say they're mediocre at best, and it really showed. Pittsburgh has been quietly rolling as one of the best teams in football this year. Mariota's had a terrible year, um, bouncing back from injury last season. It hasn't been there. The fantasy points are somewhat Still there. Still 23, I believe, he had, and he had four uh, picks. He had 16.5 points in my league last week, uh, last, the other night, because uh, he had the four picks. He had the one rushing touchdown, the 75-yard touchdown to Rashard Matthews, which was all Matthews, uh, evading a couple tackles down the field. Definitely helped spike those points. Without that, he had a sub ten point week, uh, Mariota. But so the fantasy points are there. You don't. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible. But as far as an NFL quarterback trying to win games, he just hasn't been the same. He can't run the ball like he used to. Um, his weapons aren't terrible. Okay, they're sneaky no, they're good. Not. They're pretty good. They really are sneaky good. He just can't get them the ball, and they can't run the ball. Uh, Demarco Murray was eight for ten, eight rushes for ten yards, and he got the majority of the snaps. Now, don't sleep on him. Because we'll get to this a little bit later, 
but he has got a very, very good. Well, that's what I just wanted to bring up to you about Mariota. You're, you're right on. Go ahead. Okay, that schedule <laughs> seems cake. like a cakewalk by low on these guys because if they are ever going to pick it up, Look at who they play, and I think it starts with Indianapolis yes, next sir. week. I think they also have a game with San Francisco. The Colts, um, who right now give up the 11th most, most points to quarterbacks, so that's why I had Mariota up here. Houston give up the third most. At Arizona, sixth most. At San Francisco, fifth most. And then end the season with the Rams, so that's not a, a terrific matchup. Uh, but is end of the season with the Rams or end of fantasy season? End of fantasy season. Okay, good, excuse good, me. Yep. So, so I mean, um, San Francisco stretch, in the semifinals. Right. You want DeMarco Murray, matchup. you want Mariota yes. on your team, you even want Rashad Matthews. Did, yes, Corey Davis, Matthews, possibly Walker. Walker. Right. Well, hopefully he's not putting up these 10-yard uh, games because I have him on a fantasy team, and he has not been all that great. Last week was the best week in a long time, and they're really committing over there with Henry as well. So if you're listening now, and if you're watching on Facebook, buy low on these guys. Talk them down, okay? There's somebody in your league that's going to – these guys suck, and they're going to be pissed at them right now and stash them because those are matchups that you want in your fantasy playoffs and in your fantasy championship. They're playing San Francisco in week 15. I would have told you any team playing San Francisco in week 15, you got to have their guys. This is them. I don't know who San Francisco plays in week 16 and 14. You want those guys too. So we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Let's open up the slate. I have a feeling Mike's going to jump on that right now. We can get to that in just a minute. Um, If you want, we could talk about the Niners to start the day since we're going to look at their schedule. Um, they're on, they're on a buy, so we can't talk about them. <laughs> CJ um, Breadhead on a buy. They, they came, I have the schedule right here, though. So, listen, if you, you want to make some stash, first of all, they're coming off their one-game win streak. Um, but if you look at the fantasy playoffs, and a lot of teams have weeks 14, 15, and 16, it's the Texans. It's a tough team. That's tough. Maybe Lamar Miller, if, if he's ever worth owning, he's, which he's not right now, it's for that matchup against San Francisco. Uh, we said the Titans, and then you have the Jags. Leonard Fournette is going to yeah. run wild for you yep. if you make it to the fantasy finals. And then the Rams, Todd Gurley. Well, that well that's <laughs> that's week 17. So oh, there are some ESPN yep. leagues, though, that have week 17 for the playoffs. Uh, ESPN does the two-week matchups yep. in their standard leagues. So if you do have that, Gurley, it's Goff, it's Robert Woods, they're all going to go crazy uh, in that week 17. So pick up those guys because San Francisco's defense – even gave up a couple of big games to the Giants last week as much as they beat the Giants. Uh, Shepard had a big week. Ingram was decent, and Darkwood didn't have a terrible game either. So that's a terrible defense. Uh, but we got to move on. Uh, week 11, Sunday slate. Um, I'm not going to start with this game. So we'll start with the Lions and Bears. NFC North matchup. Uh, Lions giving three points on the road. Uh, trying to stay playoff relevant. This is a game that Detroit has to win. Uh, they're going to have two games in four days starting tomorrow. Yeah, I, I like the Lions here in this spot. Uh, Chicago at home is very good. They've, they've proven that, a young defense. Uh, Trubisky's been very good at home also. I just think they're a year away. I really do. I think the Lions need it more. I think the Lions go in there and get the job done. I will lay the points. I'm a little scared. I feel like it's a trap. I feel like the Lions are a little too easy because they need this game a lot more than the Bears. You're 100% right. It's still a division game, and the Lions are on the road here. It is an outdoor uh, environment for Matt Stafford, and you know where I stand with him in the dome and outdoor. He's not a good cold weather quarterback. But the line was originally three and a half, and it dropped down to two and a half. And I think the Lions are getting a lot of action, and that alarms me. But I'm still going to stick with my guns and go with Detroit over my boy Mitchell Trubisky. So don't be surprised if the Bears come out and win this game. I would stay away from this game if I was betting, um, but because I'm on the show and I have to give a take. Uh, don't forget the Lions struggled mightily with Cleveland the other day. Um, Cleveland. Had every chance to win that game. They gave the game to the Lions. The Lions survived that game. 
Um, I think that's a good thing for the Lions. I think they needed that to happen. The Bears lost to Brett Hundley. Um, I think the Lions are going to go out there. I do agree that outdoors, Matt Stafford's not the greatest thing. You've seen him in cold weather before. Um, but the Lions are just the better team here. I think that prevails tomorrow. Uh, I think the line is pretty much close. It's right on. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be low scoring. Just uh, from a betting standpoint, the action's all on the Lions, and that's something you want to be with Vegas' side, not the action side, because they're probably licking their lips right now saying the Bears are going to win us some money. So that's just something to look into. And the Lions have given up 138 yards rushing uh, in the past few games. Jordan Howard is going to go wild tomorrow. Uh, you hope so. If you drafted Jordan Howard, he got such a bad start this year and has really rebounded nicely. He's going to have a good season if he finishes. Uh, I want to see big healthy. numbers from my boy Trubisky. If Kaiser looked that good against the Lions last week, I want to see uh, Trubisky have a career day. I also like Golden Tate in this game. He's been very sneaky good this year. Uh, probably one of his best seasons of his career so far this year with Matt Stafford. Uh, they get the Bears and the Vikings this week. If they lose this game, and they have to go home on Thanksgiving to play the Vikings with their whole season on the line. I see. I think that they're in a lot of trouble. We'll talk about that on Monday night. We'll see how they do. Um, this is a game. Mr. Biscay could be a DraftKings steal. He's 4,500 on Daily Fantasy for the DraftKings people out there. I like the Bears' defense too much. And, to start. and like I, I said, the, uh, Kaiser put up very good numbers against the Lions, and I'd like to believe my boy, Positive Mitch here, is better than Deshaun Kaiser. So, And he's also home. I probably stay away from him, but he is a steal. He, he's very 4,500, I think you might be getting some good value out of him at 4,500. Also, don't forget this, though. Some of the big money guys that you would normally like to get on Sunday are off the board. Antonio Brown's off the board. Le'Veon Bell's off the board. These are some of the guys that you like to say you like to get those values so that you could really crush them. They're off the board for this weekend, too, so keep that in mind. Um, but we'll see. Maybe your boy Trubisky has his big day, and uh, you can break about it on Monday. Uh, this coming up game is uh, one we would have laughed at and probably given no time to, the Browns and the Jaguars. But the Jags this season are a new Jaguars. Uh, my question is, can Leonard Fournette finally bounce back against the Browns running defense? It's really not that bad. No, because I don't think <clears throat> Leonard Fournette's going to play tomorrow. I think he's going to be out. Uh, he said his ankle isn't right. He also came out and said he hates playing in the cold. I think they end up resting him. I think it's a Chris Ivory, C.J. Yeldon tra- uh, day. And the spread just keeps moving. Uh, it's actually getting very nerve-wracking as someone who took the Jaguars earlier in the week. I saw it this morning at 6.5. That made it, uh, that went down from, uh, I think it was opened at 8, possibly 7.5. So it went down a full point at least. Tomorrow also I have here, high wind, Browns and Jags, 40-mile-an-hour gusts, snow showers, 20 miles sustained. That is a big deal if you have either one of these kickers. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think the Jaguars do pull it out, but I'd be very nervous about that spread. Yeah, the spread, I can't. Bet on the Jaguars giving a big line. I can't do it. I've said it at home. They shouldn't be giving points that, that many points to teams. Now, even on the road, I don't care if it's the Browns. They shouldn't be giving points in the seven, seven and a half to nine range, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not sold on them yet with that kind of line. So I like the Browns to cover because they they're got they hungry for that win. They didn't want to be embarrassed, you know? No team wants to go 0-16. It's very embarrassing. So you got to watch out for these defeated teams. The Browns will cover. The Jaguars will win in an ugly game. Um, I, I, I think the Jaguars are going to win. The, the big play for me on this one is if you get the Jaguars defense, they're going to have a field day. Mike gave you the weather update, plus it's the Browns. Um, Jaguars defense is the, the play, especially in daily fantasy. Week in, week out. It's going to be great. cheap. They've been great anyway. They're playing the worst offense in football. So, to me, that's what I would look forward to is how many fantasy points. Who would have thought the Jacksonville Jaguars defense would be ranked higher in fantasy football than Julio Jones? 
I mean, they brought in Calais Campbell, uh, A.J. Bouye. They have two corners now that you can't throw on. That, and, and then they've been drafting. They've been drafting Ramsey, really well. Jalen Ramsey was just a great pick. That he's defense game uh, is really good and young and hungry. He's been a little bit better than Eli Apple, huh? Uh, a tad. Just, just a tad. Just a little bit. 11-13 over the top. Allen Robinson, too. <clears throat> yep. 11-13 uh, over the top sports radio. Robbie D, Big Mike, uh, Vinny the Shark breaking down. Week 11 for you. College football picks up on the Twitter um, at Over the Top Sports. So make if you missed money. those before, make that money as well. Um, we Last Browns, no, Rob. Josh Gordon will practice Monday. I heard that. Yep. So that's uh, good. If you haven't stashed, uh, definitely uh, like to see if he could play this year and see where he's uh, worth next year. If you're in a keeper league, uh, you stash him now if you got an extra bench spot. Uh, moving on, uh, Giants and Chiefs, um, ten and a half point underdogs for the Giants at home for the first time since. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. Take a guess. Maybe 2004. 2007, Week 17 against the New England Patriots when the Patriots ah, were 15 and 0 on that Saturday night game. That and the was New the last time the yep. Giants, <laughs> the Giants covered. They lost by three. That was the last time the Giants were double-digit home underdogs. It's only happened the fourth. In career this is Giants. only the fourth yeah, time. Fourth time since 1978, the Giants have been double-digit dogs at homes. Um, every one of the times the Giants covered, will they make it a perfect four for four? No. <laughs> so actually, it's happened four times. This is the fifth. Um, I was all over the Chiefs uh, earlier in the week. Then I heard they had the closed door meeting. Uh, McAdoo and the players. They held nothing back. They got everything off their chest. That makes me a little bit nervous. The team possibly then might want to show you something. Then I see this morning, Kansas City's missing on defense. Tamba Ali, D. Ford, Albert Wilson, and Allen Bailey. That's a lot of defensive help. Um, a lot of players you're missing. Ten and a half is a lot. I don't think the Giants cover, but it wouldn't shock me. How many points did the 49ers put up last week? 31. Okay. The Chiefs are going to blow out the Giants. <laughs> uh, I said last week, if the Giants lose, I cannot pick the Giants again this year. I cannot pick them against the spread. I cannot pick them to win. They lost to the 49ers. Mike, uh, I want to agree with you. It doesn't matter anymore. Ten straight games now, a tight end has scored against the Giants. Travis Kelsey will must make it 11. <laughs> He's a must-own he in daily uh, If you're facing Brown, he could be the uh, the help there. If How about Tyreek Hill, the fastest wide receiver in the NFL against the secondary that has shown that they are a bunch of quitters? But I also like Sterling Shepard in this game. Since he's come back from injury, he's been a very good top wide receiver, getting a ton of targets. Um, Chiefs defense has not been very good this year, uh, shutting down opponents. So I could see Eli having a decent day at home. Um, The big thing is, how many people will show up at this game? How many empty seats are they going to have? People people are asking how – do you protest the Giants? And Ben McAdoo came out yesterday, like in he, he's completely aloof and has no idea what's going on, saying, I don't know how our fans will respond. We hope they come out. We're going to put on a good show. We're going to play some great football. Give me a break, McAdoo. You have no idea what you're talking about. They're going to come there and boo you, or they're not going to come at all. And if they don't come at all, that's more than booing you, because that just shows that they don't care, and that's what the ownership sees. So that's the big thing for me with the Giants. They're the not Chiefs, worth the money, that's for the sure. The Chiefs want to win to stay as close to uh, Pittsburgh as they can, because getting a buy in that AFC along with New England is paramount. It is the most important thing they could do. The Chiefs will not let this one slip. I put it in my confidence picks. The Chiefs minus 10.5, lock it up. The Giants are not ready to play with this team. The only way that they don't cover is if the Giants get a last-minute backdoor cover because they're down by 17. 
I could see maybe them losing by 10 or but something. But can the Giants put up 30-something points to get that 10-point 10, uh, 10 backdoor cover? Because I think the Chiefs are putting up a big number on Do you? Wow. By the way, and Giants 0-4 at home to, still. I want to throw some love to the uh, Giant that's throwing Shepard. The last five weeks, he's fourth in targets. So look at Shep for maybe a Four daily speeding. fantasy. Oh, they have to, too, because they don't have many other guys. Exactly. Roger Lewis and Tavares King is not exactly King Tavares. And Engram's been solid. But uh, Travis Kelsey had a big day because we all know Giants defense hasn't done anything against opposing. Well, players. I could show the Giants defense uh, on a little bit of a, you know, pump me up. Hey, let's show some pride game. Um, making Kareem Hunt's day uh, not so great, but in the end, it'll be Alex Smith. It'll be uh, it'll be Kelsey that beats them. But I could see them having a good showing against Kareem Hunt, who slowed down a lot by the way since yes. the first couple of weeks. Um, so that's it, Giants and Chiefs. Those are the picks. Uh, Giants and my confidence picks picking against them. Uh, Ravers, uh, Ravens and Packers at Lambeau Field. The Packers had a win last week that kept their season alive. It also kept the hopes alive that Aaron Rodgers, who's eligible to come back in week 15, if they're still alive, could come back and try to save their season. Yeah, I think he's actually motivated to, to be honest with you. I think he wants to come back. I think he, uh, you know, just that's his team. He doesn't want to, <laughs> he doesn't want to show any, uh, any quit there. He, you know, wants to be that leader. Uh, as far as the game goes, I like the Packers at home getting points. I absolutely will take that. I'm starting to buy into Brett Hundley a little. He showed me something last week with that big throw to Adams to ice the game. He loves um, Devontae Adams. I can't pick the Ravens. They're so inconsistent. Joe Flacco is not elite, Vinny. Um, give me the Packers. Yeah, I'll take the home dog here. I think the, they both stink, but um, Hundley got a win on the road. I think he'll get the win over here, and I just don't trust Flacco and his eliteness and his team. And uh, what's going on with Danny Woodhead? Is he coming back or what? He's supposed to be. Um, but he's they, not eligible to come back yet. But no, he's practicing. Week. Yes, the next week. But they already said that Alex, Alex Collins is going to be the uh, the you know the cowbell, the the workhorse. So as all these people that are trying to scoop up Danny Woodhead, I don't know if I'm buying it that much. Uh, PPR, PPR, maybe ten points a week, you know, a running back two or a flex play. But don't, you know, everybody, calm down with Danny Woodhead. I've had him on my IR since he's been down, so, so I haven't dropped. Not him. wasting a roster spot, though. That's fine. Yeah. Me, me yeah. too. Um, I drafted him spot. to be my number three running back. I would love for him to come back, but when I I drafted him with hesitation because I said this guy can never stay healthy right. anymore. He's older. He's smaller. You know, running backs don't have a long shelf life, and he got hurt in his first week of the season. It looked pretty innocent too. It wasn't the craziest yep. injury. Um, they're off too much. He's very fragile. They're off of a buy, and he, you know, they're off of a buy. Um, but my number five, my top confidence pick is the Packers getting points at Lambeau. Come on, these are the Packers, okay? And this is not the 2000 Ravens that beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. This is not a very good Ravens team. I saw this team get blown out by 30 something in London. They're not going to go into Green Bay in 30 degree weather and beat the Packers. I'm all over the Packers this week. Don't love many of these guys for daily fantasy. Or Williams, fantasy. the running back on Green Bay. You're going to have no Montgomery and no Jones. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to run that wild. I wouldn't touch um, anyone in this game. He's going to be catching passes, though, too. I mean, Maybe. he's, uh, he's is, probably is Ty Montgomery definitely option. out? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's out. definitely out. Yep. I saw a questionable, so I wasn't sure. Um, all right, if you want to go with Jamal Williams, maybe. Um, I still don't love it. Uh, I don't love the kickers in that weather either. Uh, just a game I'd say. Do you want two free giant tickets for tomorrow? Really good seats. I said, F the Giants. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it wasn't thank for more anyway. time. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, I would never turn out giant tickets. That's the kind of season they've had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather stay home or, well, for, in my case, I'll be at work and watch what's going on in the rest of the league for fantasy football, to be honest with you. Um, Week one matchup, Buccaneers and Dolphins got uh, hurricaned out. 
this would have been both of their bye weeks. Instead, they are playing this week. We talked about it in week one, how these teams had to run the gauntlet. 16 games without a bye. Um, this would have been it. Uh, instead, they're playing each other. The Buccaneers came away with the win last week against the Jets in a hard-fought, brutal game to watch. Uh, Dolphins, 4-5. and five. My 8-8 eight and eight Dolphins season is starting to look less and less like it might happen, but I think they're going to get a win this week. Uh, I'm on the Bucs. Um, <laughs> I think, listen, the whole Jameis Winston thing is very bizarre. Uh, it sounds like it's actually fake, to be honest with you. Um, just inconsistent stories. Um, Fitzpatrick, he's a serviceable quarterback. I think he can get it done. The Dolphins don't scare me. The Dolphins don't impress me. I think that's a team that quit. I think that they were pissed about the Ajayi trade and, uh, you know, Adam Gase calling them out. I think the Dolphins are done, and I like the Bucks here. And it's a home game. I mean, it's in Florida. There's going to be as many Buck fans as Dolphin fans. I'll take the Bucks. I'm just going with the Dolphins here just at home. I guess it really doesn't matter because you're right. It's the same market here. This is supposed to be a week one game, right? Wasn't yeah. supposed to, oh, no, they each had different ones. Then never mind. Never mind. Let's just throw that out the window. I'm, I'm taking Jay Cover to get the job done here. And just went at home. I think it's an ugly game. I don't trust the Bucks. I don't trust Fitzpatrick. I don't trust Winston. It doesn't matter. I don't really trust Cutler either, but I'm just going to take them for the hell of it because i got to pick somebody. Nine touchdowns, three interceptions the last four weeks for Jay Cutler. Guy sucks. <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> not, sucks. Not that bad. What's their record? You know who sucks? The Buccaneers' pass defense. Horrible. Absolutely Buccaneers horrible. Buccaneers' pass defense is horrible. Jay Cutler has not put up terrible numbers. I'm not saying he's played well because he hasn't played well. We have a friend that's starting him tomorrow after uh, Tyrod Taylor got benched. Uh, and he might be okay because he has two very good receiving uh, threats on the outside. Julius Thomas has been more involved in the game. Kenyon Drake had a big touchdown last yep. week in their blowout loss against the Panthers. I think that the Dolphins win this game. I just don't like the Buccaneers anymore. This is not who we saw in Hard Knocks. We keep talking about it. They almost lost that game to the Jets. They won about as ugly a game as you can win. Um, and I think the Dolphins just have a little bit more pride and a little bit more talent right now than does Ryan Martin Fitzpatrick. finally show up, Mike? He better if I picked him. I, I, I think he does, though. I, I think really if there's do. one week he's finally going to break out, it's this week. I agree. And Evans is coming back from that suspension. They didn't have him last week. I think Evans, you know, Fitzpatrick is going to be a guy that feeds you. He will, you know, just find a receiver, feed, feed, feed. And, uh, you know, Miami doesn't have a corner that can, can stay with Evans. So I just think there's too many mismatches there. It could go either way. Like you said, Rob, the Buccaneers' defense uh, secondary is, is brutal. Uh, brutal, <laughs> but I do think the Bucks will get it done. And since Patrick had a big year with Brandon Marshall, he had his career year with a big receiver like that, maybe Mike Evans would be a nice toy for him. Buccaneers 0-4 on the road, so we'll see if that changes. In the battle for Florida, um, which they're <laughs> both losers, by the way, because the Jaguars right now own Florida yes. football. Who would have thunk it? Up in Minnesota, the Vikings 4-1 and home record. This is the game of the week. Uh, battle of 7-2 and teams against the Rams with a 4-0 road record. Uh, Vikings and Rams. Um, Vegas actually thinks the Rams might be a little bit of a better team because Minnesota's only getting two and a half, uh, giving two and a half at home. So on a neutral field, they would have the Rams by probably half a point. You can't ignore the Rams having the most points per game in the league. Uh, Jared Goff has been on fire this year. Todd Gurley's running it well. The offense is just really clicking over there in L.A. But the Vikings are home, and we know where I stand on them, and you know I love my boy Case. So I'm going with Case Keenum and his Minnesota Vikings to get it done at home. And with a big-time win over the Rams, this should be an awesome game, guys. Uh, I am with you, Vinny. I'm on the Vikings. I don't want to take anything away from the Rams. They've been awesome. They are great. The offense, awesome. But against Houston, that was the last game. Houston isn't that good, especially with the injuries. Against the Giants, enough said. Against Arizona, 33-0. Arizona's not that good. Jacksonville is an impressive win, and they lost to Seattle. 
I am buying the Rams, but I do think that schedule has played a little bit of a part. I am all over the Vikings tomorrow. I like the Vikings tomorrow, and I hope it's a high-scoring game. I love that Vikings defense. If Jared Goff goes into that stadium against that defense and that atmosphere and could put up 24 to 30 points again, I'm on him the rest of the season. I'm completely sold. You should be on um, him already, man. He's been I'm already on him, but that would be a that, that's a show me that's game. A for big them. time win. This yeah. is a show me game. Even if he does it in a losing effort, even but he, I'm talking about just this offense, folks. And Mike was just talking about their schedule. This is as big of a show me effort as he can give me. If he does it in a losing effort, that's fine. The Rams can afford to lose this game. Um, Vikings, I'm going to have to be on them. I'm not picking against the Vikings What's at home. What's the total on this game, Rob? Uh, 45 and a half, so not that high. Interesting. Uh, a lot of low totals it's in the league this year. It's two pretty good defense. I almost like the under in this game. I don't care how many points the Rams have put in. I, I like Thielen. I, I, like, uh, I, like, I like these offenses too much. I'd actually be all over the over in this game, uh, to be honest with you. We'll see. I think games I don't like think... this, big playoff caliber games, usually you fall to the under. The usually game. you do, but you know what? The Rams – is built on they're built on speed and when they're indoors on turf surface like this that's really good for a fast team so it's a very good matchup for the vikings defense as well so we'll see about that um i'm going to be all over that game i hope that game is prominently featured on red zone because i don't think it's going to be on in the new york area in the new york market because the giants and chiefs will be on giants or cbs giants or cbs but are they going to go against them we can look that up in just a minute if you guys want but um uh, we'll, Looks we'll like see. Fox has the Cardinals, Texans, uh, But Rams, does Fox Vikings. have the doubleheader? If Fox doesn't have the doubleheader, they might only have the 4 o'clock game. It would be Giants at 1. Fox right. has the 4 o'clock yeah, game. So that's what I worry about. The 4 o'clock <clears> game <throat> is probably New England and Oakland. So uh, that would be a CBS. CBS has Patriots Raiders. So we'll, we'll take a look. Um, but I am on the Vikings as well as you guys. But uh, with a little hesitation. Fox, uh, Fox game, if that's the only game, is Bill's Chargers, which sucks. No, they're, they're probably just going to air a 1 o'clock game, and hopefully it's the Rams and Vikings. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll find out for you guys in a second, Mike. If you have a, a cable vision remote, we could just check it out in a second. Um, so I'm on the Vikings too, Vinny. Uh, while Mike checks and on everyone that, everyone listening in the audience, Big Mike does have a cable vision remote. <laughs> we actually have two down here, guys. So we're well prepared. Uh, Redskins and Saints. The Saints continue to impress. They are becoming a lot of people's NFC Super Bowl favorites. Fox is going to show the Buffalo Bills versus Chargers game oh. at 4 p.m. Ew. <laughs> so there will be no Fox doubleheader tomorrow. Right, we'll check it out. Uh, so that means Fox has an AFC game as their game of the week tomorrow. That is, uh, yep. Look at yep. that. Make money I, in real estate locally. We'll be on at one o'clock on Fox. Uh, does the CBS have a doubleheader, Mike? Yeah, they're gonna have. No? Yeah. yeah, they'll have the Patriots Raiders at okay. four thirty. So uh, the Are Giants. The Giants, the only NFC team playing on TV in the New York market tomorrow, um, but. The NFC favorites might be the Saints. Uh, they're seven and two. We just talked about the Rams and Vikings. They're both seven and two. So this could be a big game, uh, day for the Saints right now. One of those teams is going to lose. The Saints could use this to maybe get that second bye um, with the Eagles possibly in the NFC. I love the Saints tomorrow. I see the spread at eight. I think it opened up at seven. So that shows you the money is on the Saints. The Skins are missing Jordan Reed, shocker. Also twelve prior, and their starting center Spencer Long. I absolutely love the Saints. Tomorrow, I will lay the points. Yeah, it's time for the Saints to um, show everybody what they really are. I think they've done it, actually. I should say that. And like I said, they're a different Saints team now. They run the ball, and they actually play defense. It hasn't been on the back of Drew Brees. But the Redskins can put up points. So a big spread like that, they might be able to get pulled up backdoor cover with a big nine spot like that. I love teasing the Saints down, but I'm not too confident in the points just because I know the Redskins have the capability of putting up big numbers. 
God, other Redskins could put up big numbers, but the Saints could put up even bigger numbers. The fact that they are doing it with the running game is so impressive to me. The fact that they're doing it with a good defense is so impressive to me. And the fact that they're doing it on the road. They are 4-1 and one on the road this season. Um, that is everything that was atypical of the Saints that we have known uh, for so long, a team that couldn't win on the road, they couldn't win outdoors, they couldn't run the ball, and they couldn't play defense. They were a Drew Brees passing offense that was a great show to watch. They have completely changed that around, almost to the fact where Drew Brees has been pretty disappointing as a fantasy that's a quarterback uh, this year. That's the guy a, that played coach? Who was that guy? I don't know. That's one big pretzel. Um, Saints, uh, eight-point favorites, I'm all on them as well. I think there will be a lot of points in this game. The Redskins find a way to put points on the board. They did it last week against the Vikings defense at home. I could see them doing it indoors this week too, but the Saints, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to cover. Mike has them as his number four for his confidence pick. Um, I was very close to putting this in there. I was just very scared of a Kirk Cousins backdoor cover. That's why I didn't put it in. Um, but I think the Saints are going to win this one going away. And I think that it is going to come a game sooner or later. It might not be this week, but where Drew Brees and his arm needs to win them a game, and I think he's going to get it done when he does because teams are now going to be all over Kamara. They're out of the backfield. They're going to be all over Ingram running the ball. Play action is going to be huge for them, especially indoors with Michael Thomas and his toys that he has on yeah, the outside. Yeah, finally having a run game is lethal for Drew Brees. And it hasn't come to show yet but I still think that that's able to happen. Um, I think you could buy low in, right now on Drew Brees in a couple of fantasy leagues, especially if people notice how good the running game's been. Um, but they have a pretty decent schedule, too. I think they play Atlanta twice in fantasy from here on out. Um, I think those are two good matchups, both indoors. Mm-hmm. The more indoor games you have in December, the better for your and fantasy you players. play Carolina again, and that's a very good division over there. The yes, so they are right there fighting. It's a four-team race for two spots, basically, in the NFC to get the two buys. It's the Eagles, who are 8-1. and one, um, And then you have the, the big game with the Rams and the Vikings, also at 7-2, and two, and the Saints at 7-2. and two. So if the Saints can get a win, they're going to break a tie with one of those teams playing in that uh, game in Minnesota. So big game for the Saints. I see them pulling this one out uh, as 8-point. Hey, you have them winning. You just don't like the spread. I have the Saints winning. I like them keys <laughs> down, but I think nine's a big spot just because the Redskins, they can put up points, and they, that means they can cover a line like that. So I think it's just too many points. I like the Redskins to cover, but I think the Saints get it done. I don't think it's going to be a big blot like you guys do. It might be, and it might be a backdoor cover like that, but I, I do think the Redskins will cover this uh, spread. 11:31 over the top sports radio. Uh, breaking down week 11 of the NFL coming up tomorrow as we prepare ourselves for Thanksgiving and our big playoff push in fantasy football as well. Um, and the playoff push in the NFL, two teams that will not be in the NFL's postseason um, are starting different quarterbacks than they were starting just a couple of weeks ago. No Carson Palmer, and more importantly, no Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Cardinals and Texans in Houston. Houston's giving one and a half points uh, in a game that's going to be just very hard to watch. An epic showdown, Drew Stanton <laughs> versus Tom Savage. Who you got? Um, go with the home team, I guess. I guess I'm taking Tom Savage's Houston Texans here. Very, very ugly game, and it's a very low total, 37.5, but I have to imagine there's not going to be many points in this game. And I took the Texans uh, as well. I just had a look in my confidence pick them. Uh, again, ugly game. I agree with you. Patrick Peterson, uh, they said he's going to shadow Hopkins, and Peterson said, bring your popcorn. So, I mean, if there's anything to watch in this game, it might just be the one-on-one matchup between them. David Johnson this week also came out and said, oh, his wrist is still pretty weak. He doesn't want to come back for this losing team where you're now starting Blaine Gavritt. Uh, I would expect Johnson to be shut down officially for the rest of the season. Yeah, I can't pick Tom Savage. I can't pick Blaine Gabbert. I can't pick this game. But 
I have to. I'm going to go with the Cardinals and a little bit of a shocker because the Texans have disappointed me at home each time I picked them this year, starting in week one when I got knocked out of Survivor in week one because of the Texans with Tom Savage at quarterback. They can't lose. Well, they did lose, and they haven't uh, won a game that he started this year. They're now 0-4, I believe, when he starts. Um, I'm not going to give them a win until they show me they can do it, and that is all that that game deserves from us. No fantasy guys for me out of that because there's just two terrible quarterbacks. Actually, I will say uh, Bruce Ellington is very intriguing to me tomorrow. Will Fuller is out. Um, Bill O'Brien came out and said we need Ellington to step up. If you are desperate for a flex play, a wide receiver three with Hopkins on Peterson, Peterson on Hopkins, I think Ellington uh, could have a sneaky day in uh, in daily fantasy. Yeah, I think (laughs) sneaky fantasy, and I think, uh, you know, if you're desperate for a spot, it could be him. Okay. Um, you heard it here first. If it happens, and we uh, we hope that uh, if you listen to Mike, you get some good points out of that. I just I don't see any other reason to watch that game. That's a terrible game. Uh, Bills and Chargers, you heard it here. That'll be the national game that airs on Fox in the New York market. Um, Nate Peterman, that's the big story this week, getting the start for Buffalo over Tyrod Taylor. I do not understand it at all. But Tyrod Taylor is not a great quarterback. But his numbers aren't bad. He's not the reason, the biggest reason that they've been losing. They've had trouble running the ball with McCoy all year. He's only had a couple of good games. Um, they're still five and four. They're out there for a playoff spot. The Bills are I in the cannot right see now, and they just took their quarterback what they're out. doing, putting in this rookie out of nowhere. This guy's not supposed to be the next Andrew Luck. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe a bad guy. Uh, next Tom Brady. Okay, uh, Mike might Mike might not know where I'm going with that. He might not be the next Tom Brady. He very well what are they be doing? The next injured quarterback uh, on the IR for a year. Uh, we don't know that for sure, Rob. Um, as far as the Bills Chargers, I love the Chargers tomorrow. That's why Rob is wearing the Rivers uh, jersey. I am actually on your Chargers tomorrow. Five and a half, no issues. The, uh, you wanted me to do a little buy low, sell high, Rob, uh, for fantasy. So I do have McCoy, actually, as a buy low. Listen, he's got the Chargers tomorrow, third most points to running backs. Kansas City is not a good matchup, 27th most. But then it's the Patriots, sixth most. Colts, seventh most. Uh, Miami, 10th most. And Pat, sixth most. So he has a great, great schedule to end the season. I would try and get LaShawn McCoy if I could. And how about a sell high before we get your take on this game on Melvin Gordon? Hey, you saw it, right? I don't know if you saw the page I or you see looked the it page. up. But no. Melvin Gordon, Buffalo, then Dallas, then the Browns, 25th uh, most points. So that's a good D. Washington, 23rd most. Kansas City, 27th most. And then the Jets, he finishes with 24th most. Sell high on Melvin Gordon. The only thing uh, that, you know, if you didn't weren't able to sell high on Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers loves dumping passes off to his running backs. You, you see it every week. He loves using the running back in the passing game. Melvin Gordon will still have those catches. And Eckler even had a big Eckler, game. Yeah, Eckler had so. two receiving touchdowns yep. so last Maybe week. they'll utilize him some more. I like the Bills to cover because Phillip Rivers plays in close games. So I'll take the five and a half because we all know how close Phillip Rivers comes and all that. He either gets screwed by the close spread or he covers on the close spreads now. But um, new quarterback, I don't get this. The Bills are the sixth seed in the AFC. And now they're changing their quarterbacks because Tyrod <coughs> Taylor had a rough week last week. And he wasn't that great against the Jets either. He got the garbage time points. You all know that, right? You know that more than anyone, Rob. Sure do. Um, but I'm, I think it's a little crazy of a move, but I still need the Bills to be competitive enough to cover this. But very interesting move. I'm curious how this kid does. They it. hate Tyrod. It just seems they hate Tyrod Taylor. Every year they're looking for a quarterback, and yet they keep bringing this kid back. And I guess he's not coming back next year because he's, he's a free gone. agent. So I, get, I think that's a big statement saying you are not our quarterback of the future, and they're going to give this kid a shot, even though they're the sixth seed in the AFC. And the Bills haven't made the playoffs since the Music City Miracle, as you mentioned, Rob. And I just think it's crazy for them to pull this guy. Whether you're bringing him back or not, 
just make the playoffs. It's good for your franchise just getting back there. It's been a long time. Interesting move. And they're the sixth seed now. It's crazy. I, I think that move, is, it, it blows my mind. It really does. In 2004, the Giants started 5-2. and two. They lost two straight games to go 5-4 and four and were the sixth seed in the NFC. And they decided, after the two-game losing streak, um, to go – from Kurt Warner to Eli Manning. And they won one game the rest of the year, and it came in the last <laughs> game of the season. I was, I was at his first I was at that maybe. Dallas game that they won. I was at the game where Eli made his debut against the Falcons. Yes, sir. And um, but that was a different thing. That was the number one overall pick, the franchise quarterback, the unquestioned franchise quarterback that the Giants had was Eli Manning. And they said, hey, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. We've got to give this guy some starts behind a guy that's been great so far in his career, Kurt Warner, and they had no idea that he would go on and have a second half of his career that would make him a Hall of Famer. Nate Peterman, or whatever the hell his name is, Peterman is not that kind of guy. You have not made the playoffs since 1999. Vinny just said it. You are five and four. You need to give your team every single chance you can to make the playoffs. It is not the time to look at a young quarterback. It's not the time, Buffalo. You have the preseason for that. And you have the last two or three games if you're out of it. Your fans are crazy. They jump through fire tables every week. They have sex in the middle of their tailgate parties on camera. And they jump off of buildings for you. And you can't make the playoffs. And, Rob, this isn't a – What are you doing? This isn't a first-round pick like Eli Manning. That's my point. Nathan Peterman is a fifth-round pick. That's my whole point. (laughs) Eli Manning was somebody. He was definitely going to be the Giants franchise quarterback. They were either going to win two Super Bowls with him which they did, or they are going to have one in eight seasons with him every year till he's out of the league and he's Ryan Leaf, which did not happen. But some fans will make you think he's Ryan Leaf because they're stupid idiots. But this is Nate Peterman, and you're bringing him in instead of trying to make the playoffs right now. It's ridiculous. The Bills suck on the road to begin with. They're going to suck even more. Mike is right on. This is all Chargers. Ronda Rousey's wearing the winning quarterback. Go you're going to charge this line if you don't get the win. If you don't get your first W, you're going to cover this line. Trust me, the Chargers like to screw themselves. But it doesn't matter. Jacksonville game last week. I think the Bills wanted to rebuild, though. We, I think you mentioned at the beginning of the year, Vinny, like they're stocking up on picks. The, the Jordan Matthews trade. They have two, then they came two out. Round picks, two second round right. picks, and two third round. Then they came out and they're like, "Well, we're not as bad as we're supposed to be. So let's go start Nate Peterman, and we'll we'll be." Yeah, you decide week eleven. Now you want to go back to getting. A I better, don't think they want to be good. Now? I don't think they want to succeed. This they're season. in the playoffs right now, Mike. <laughs> they lost forty-seven to ten last week. Did Tyrod Taylor give up 300 rushing yards or did their crappy defense at home to the Saints? Yeah, and they're going to sit him for that, for that loss? They're going to sit the quarterback? I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with That's it. like benching Eli Manning because Joris Jenkins can't make a tackle. That's ridiculous. Ah, poor Bills fans. It, it's a good thing that the Bills fans that I know, a couple of them are stupid idiots and I don't feel bad for it at all because if I, if I really like to respect their sports opinions, I'd feel even worse for them. Let's move on to the Broncos. Two and a half point favorites. They're at home. I can't believe the Broncos are favorites against anybody. Uh, but against the Bengals, we'll see. It's just two teams that are very big disappointments. Um, we don't know if Marvin Lewis is going to have a job, Mike. I know that's going to be your question. But, no, but he won't have a job, Rob. I'll answer it for you right now. <laughs> he, he will not have a job. Um, I love the Broncos here. I think they finally get a win. Uh, I'm all over Brock Osweiler tomorrow. As far as buy low, we mentioned it a couple times now. The Denver D, the Bengals, the Raiders, Miami, the Jets, the Colts, and Washington. You have, I'm sure they've been dropped in every league because they've been giving up points like crazy. Well, pick them up. They might just help in the playoffs. 
Let's go Broncos. Yeah, I like the Denver D to come back to life here. Um, they should have a good week. The Bengals stink. The Broncos stink. I don't like Osweiler. I, I like Dalton better than I like Osweiler, but I'm going to go with the home dog here. Denver's a tough place to play. Cincinnati's not all that good. Mike, A.J. Green. Well, I'm glad you mentioned him, Vinny, because sell high, A.J. Green. Denver, 30th most points to wide receivers. The Browns, 24th most. Philly, uh, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, 29th. Chicago, 21st. Minnesota, 18th. He's going to be on roads. He's not catching anything. And then he ends with Detroit with Darius Slay. A.J. Green has a brutal schedule coming up. Trade him. Do you like anybody in Daily Fantasy here? Maybe C.J. Anderson? Yeah, I do, actually. I like C.J. Anderson a lot tomorrow. Um I just think that they need to go back to that run game where in the beginning of the season, he was awesome. He was catching passes out of the backfield. They keep trying to mix in Booker and Charles. Just leave it as C.J. Anderson and and let him do what he does. Maybe not this week, but Emmanuel Sanders has had some huge games with Brock Osweiler, quarterback, going back to uh, his earlier stint before he was traded away. Uh, Not uh, Sanders, but Brock. Um, I could see he had 130 yards last week yeah. or something like that, yep. 130, 160, some 16 points in fantasy. Uh, so maybe not start him this week, but keep an eye. They might have some chemistry. Brock likes looking his way. He's kind of his safety valve across the middle. So uh, keep I that I think in when mind. they announced Brock was going to be the starter, Rob, um, I think they said that he targets Thomas and Sanders 50% of the time, which is very high for those for two receivers on any sort of a team. You know, that's with the running back, a tight end, the third receiver. He loves looking to those two, as you just mentioned. Sanders and Thomas could very well have a nice game mark <laughs> against Pac-Man Jones. I mean, he doesn't scare anybody anymore. No, no, not at all. I'd be petrified of Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> I'd be petrified of him if I ran into him in an alleyway. Not for his on-field ability. But... <laughs> Maybe if we were in an alley yeah, or something. Very unpredictable. He's probably soft. <laughs> Uh, one more game left in uh, the uh, early slate is in Mexico City. Hola, Mexico. Los Patriots and the Raiders. Tom Brady is going to kick some Raider ass in Spanish tomorrow afternoon in Estadio Azteca. Um, I, listen, I like the Patriots. Everybody knows that. Another game that makes me nervous, though. It's not, you know, Mexico City. You don't know the field conditions. Two offensive line uh, men are out for the Pats. Uh, Chris Hogan's missing again. Special teams ace Matt Slater's missing again. With that being said, I will take the Patriots. I will lay the points. But this is a game where I can see the Raiders covering. I like it better that it's not in Oakland, you know, instead of with all the skeleton uh, warriors in the crowd going crazy. I love Tom Brady. I think the MVP will put up MVP numbers. Then he will go on to win the most valuable player of the award because Tom Brady is the GOAT. And rule number one is you never bet against him. And that's why you tease the Patriots down here. You bet them anyway. I'd buy it down to six and a half, and I think we're good because Tom Brady has been on a roll with the Patriots. The Patriots get to play the Raiders on what's not a true road game, or excuse me, maybe not a true home game for the Raiders. It's a big break for New England. They don't have to go play in the black hole that is Oakland. Um, And that helps, and that's why the spread is where it is. It's not a true home game. They both have to go through customs. They both have to go to Mexico and play in this – foreign area and Tom Brady is the guy that I'd want leading me there should be a lot of points in this game I, I like so uh, yeah. all around everybody no New England running back because you never know who's going to get the who's going to be the stud this week yeah and everybody's all over Rex Burkhead for some reason if you take away the two touchdowns he's had each week Rex Burkhead is just another one of those running backs in that rotation so I would really calm down with Rex Burkhead and I actually like Crabtree because I think Malcolm Butler has been very 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 poor this year so I like Crabtree to uh, at least find the end zone at least once and put up some decent numbers here. Should be uh, – and even, maybe even Marshawn Lynch maybe get something going and finally have a decent game. He had a good game in his last game, and they had a bye week. 
to uh, keep him fresh. I don't like Lynch tomorrow, but just to speak on Vinny, Crabtree and Cooper, I like them both as by low. The Pats, third most uh, points to receivers. Then it's Denver 30th. Don't like it. Giants 11th. I think even that's inflated. The Giants will be much worse uh, against the pass come that game. Kansas City, first most. Uh, Dallas, sixth. Philadelphia, 12th. A really nice schedule for those two receivers. And all day, 7-11, Chris Hogan will not be playing again. And no. if they're going to be playing against them, so is Derek Carr. Derek Carr might be a guy that you want to loop in there, too, as a buy-low candidate, a quarterback, especially in a league like mine, which starts two quarterbacks. Um, and shout-out to Amari Cooper. He was also on that list the last five weeks of top-target wide receivers. So. He just made the list. <laughs> He's on the list as well. Um, NFC matchup, NFC East matchup. The Eagles can basically win the division tomorrow night. Uh, no better place to do it than in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. Um, no Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't know if the left tackle's playing. Uh, I don't think so, Smith though. is out. But they're he's not out. starting Chaz Green. They're starting somebody else. Well, it doesn't matter. He can't be any worse than Green was. Uh, the Eagles win. They go to 9-1. and one. They'd have a four-game lead with – Six games to play in the NFC East, basically wrapping it up. And uh, Carson Wentz is going to throw the ball all over the Cowboys, I think, tomorrow night on NBC. Sean Lee is out also, which is a, a devastating loss for the Cowboys. This spread, I believe Vinny can talk to it a little bit more, possibly two and a half opened or three it opened. And now ESPN is having uh, saying it's five. So the money is clearly on the Cowboys. I think it's a mismatch. I think it's just uh, Cowboys at home. That's possibly why the spread isn't higher. I love the Eagles here tomorrow. I think they get the job done, and I could see them winning by even 10. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. Oh, boy. Right. I think it's time to put the Eagles back on the map, snap them back into reality here. Uh, the Cowboys at home, prime time, Sunday night football, home dog. I'm liking them with the points, and I think they even come out with a win. They just need to get a lead early. That's going to be very crucial. If they don't do that, I don't think they beat anybody because, like I said, Dak Prescott, very different with his game managing when he's behind. Every time I've seen Dak Prescott play when they don't have a running game, he's been terrible or ordinary at best. That's going to be the case again. They cannot run the ball without Ezekiel Elliott. They cannot run the ball with injured guys in their Somebody's offensive Somebody's got to line. beat these Eagles, man. They I'm have sorry. a lot this week, too. It won't be the Cowboys. I'm sorry, it's not going to be the Cowboys. I saw Dak Prescott look awful against the awful Broncos in week, what was it, week two or week three or whatever it was when the Broncos crushed them in Denver. Um, and he looked bad last week as well without Ezekiel Elliott. Um, is Alfred Morris going to get the, the touches? Is Smith going to? It doesn't matter. Smith, I think, would be the guy to use because I think the Eagles are going to score a lot of points. He's going to get a lot of dump-off passes they from Dak Lee. Bryan some more. The um, I agree with you with that. Uh, they don't look to Dez enough. They really don't. They don't, but Zach's not a great passing quarterback. I, I think that's a big part of you it. Just Dak. do some slants to him. Just even right. take the ball, yep. throw it to him on the sideline, and let him try to beat his guy. Just get, use Dez more. Literally make plays for Dez to try to make something happen. Two things I looked at. Sorry, Rob. I always uh, end up cutting you off the, if the Vinny says something because I remember something. But um, the Eagles control the ball, second most efficient in the NFL. The Eagles on third down also are very, very good. The Cowboys are not good on third down. They are going to let the Eagles stay on the field tomorrow. I am very confident even with this Eagles team tomorrow night. Uh, me too. I think this is going to be all Philly. Uh, I'll be having one eye on it. Um, Division game, home dog. It'll be on. Time. I'm usually Gary. with you on that. You yeah, know that. I, know. I just cannot buy the you. Cowboys right now. They're just not a good team right now. And the Eagles, they're gay pun coming, flying high right now. Um, yeah, I don't. I'll like be watching now. them. I'll be watching uh, Survivor Series. And I'll be watching the Islanders all at one time. And I think that the Eagles are going to get the job done. That will wrap up the Sunday week 11 
slate in the NFL. Um, a huge, 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 huge week for a lot of teams. And a huge week in fantasy. Monday night, uh, Falcons and Seahawks on our show this Monday. We will preview that as Camp always. Cam Chancellor to IR. Um, Chance yeah. the IR. The Legion of Boom is kind Hurt. of hurting right now. Yep. Um, they and have lost two thirds of that. Yep. Uh, who's the Who's now the? I really don't like Sherman's Seattle. out. Cliff Averill's out, and the Chancellor all out for the year. And what's his face has been hurt a lot too. Earl Thomas. Earl has Thomas been has been, up, been yep. hurt too. So. That guy um, plays so hard. Yeah, they're they're so getting older, though. Uh, and, and when you're the Legion of Boom and you hit like they do and you play like they do, eventually in the NFL, it's been five it or six up. years. It's going to catch up to your body. But don't worry. Um, Eddie Lacy will be back for Monday night. So. <laughs> don't you worry. They're yeah, they're positive. Eddie Lacy returns. Must Monday start night. in all leagues. <laughs> uh, and that game is going to have huge playoff implications, um, especially for the Seahawks if the Rams find a way to win against Minnesota because then the Rams will have uh, two more wins. And guys, I find myself changing my NFC pick literally every week. And I said <laughs> I was going to ride Seattle because of the experience. I can't ride them with the injuries in that secondary now. And they can't run the ball. Their offensive line stinks. I can't I can't do it. I just thought due to experience with these new teams making in the NFC, I'll just ride with Seattle. And now I'm off it with that. So who are you going to ride with now? If I had to pick right now? The Saints. I don't know. Uh, it's intriguing. It really is the Saints. Intriguing. I don't know. It's yeah. tough. Uh, if the Vikings can get a seed, uh, a bye, I mean, maybe I'll with the Vikings because I just, I don't know, I'm attached to them for some reason. It's Keenum. Real quick. What about you? Uh, oh. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. I, I would say uh, more the Saints or the Rams. Yeah, I'd and say Carolina, Saints and Eagles are still the best. Carolina is oh, and he, Nobody's yeah. really talking about them much. Uh, they, no, they I'm beat the Dolphins. Nobody's buying into that. Carolina is not a good team. Um, any other guys you have, Mike, uh, that you think buy high, uh, buy low, sell high on? Two guys I didn't mention. I tried to do it with the games and uh, two that slipped. Evan Ingram, you mentioned Shepard. Well, Evan Ingram has Kansas City, Washington, fourth most points to tight ends. Oakland, seventh most. Dallas, 15th most. Philly, eighth most. Arizona, ninth most. So, And Evan Ingram, they're using him almost as a receiver. Uh, the mismatch is just great there. I love Evan Ingram to finish the year. Sell high, Robert Woods, Minnesota, he's getting road. Saints, he's going to get uh, – who's the rookie, Vinny, in the corner in the Saints that slipped my mind? Lattimore. Lattimore. Uh, Philly, Seattle, Tennessee. Seattle's a little bit banged up, but still. And then uh, Tennessee, I don't love Robert Woods' schedule to end the year. You guys spoke about it before, but it's official now. Ravens have just activated Danny Wood at the active roster. Oh, look at that. I thought he was one more week away. I thought he was a week two. But still wouldn't play him. No, week. I'm not playing him. Um, let's see what he does before we play him. But keep him on your roster. Because you never know. He is a good PPR guy. Uh, one thing I just wanted to get from you guys, uh, switching real quick, but I wanted to fit it in. Did you both see Lonzo Ball last night running away from the fight? Running away from the fight against the Suns? Yes. Yep, I, did, I sure did. <laughs> I saw a meme that said, oh, they didn't buy my sneakers, so I'm not fighting for you guys. Ball did to run away from something. <laughs> was that you? Yeah, that was yeah. us. I, I saw it somewhere. So. <laughs> that was us. <laughs> uh-huh. Why I follow. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Lonzo Ball, though, running away. First of all, he's not doing well on the court. And then to literally to look at the fight twice, if you didn't see it, it's on our Twitter. He looked at the scrum twice and continued to walk away. And after the game, he said, I didn't want to get a technical. I mean, this kid. What a terrible excuse. Just horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. And Monday night, we were all excited watching the Knicks live on the game uh, on the show uh, with the Cavaliers. <laughs> they blew that game, guys. 43 points they allowed the Cavaliers to put up in the fourth quarter. And they blew a 23-point lead. It was just a terrible loss after what would have been a huge win. The Knicks would have been eight and two at home, and they're really looking like they're going to be a decent home team this year. Believe it or not, they're going to be a and, terrible road. But team. their road team, they look absolutely brutal on the road. They got killed by the Raptors last night. 
But the Knicks, they're, they're a fun little team, and it will be curious to see how they go going forward. But that would have been a huge win to beat the Cavs twice already this season. It's going to be a very – They don't face the Cavaliers until the last two games of the season. So hopefully the Cavs have nothing to play for. And the Knicks do have something to play for. very rough winter for the Knicks because they've already played so many home yes. games. They all know in March that they don't get that yarded with the NCAA tournament And I think the, the I heard it today. If you look at their schedule between January and February – um, it's almost a three to one, uh, road games to home games. And they're not a good road team and they're not going to be a good road team. And they're not good when people play Kristaps Porzingis physically. And they were very physical against him last night. And, uh, and him and the Hornets are complaining. He's not getting enough calls. I agree with that. If he's the superstar, everyone's uh, letting them believe that he is, and he is, he should be getting some more calls. And there was a couple of calls last night. I even saw that wasn't going his way. Yeah. Starting December 27th, it's road, 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 three game road trip. Home game, three-game road trip, home game, road, uh, one, two, three, six game, uh, five-game, six, seven, seven-game road trip. That is a lot of road games for the Knicks. They're going to be in a lot of trouble by then. So they got to start fattening up their record a little bit more with and these home games. And the is looking a little better, especially the Detroit Pistons are going to hang there, which I'm, I'm not buying into them at all. But they have 10 wins. They're actually a two-seed right now. Tobias Harris, baby. Yeah, there you go, the L.I. boy. Um, I don't think they'll be in there all that much, but still about the Sixers. They look like the real deal, and the Bucks are going to be in there. So we'll see. The Knicks, if they're going to get in, it's going to be a 7-8, and eight. and the Cavs are the 7 seed right now. You know they're going to climb up. Shout out to the Boston Celtics. 14 yeah. straight wins at the start of the Early season two. statement they to beat, beat Golden yes, State. They beat Golden State Thursday night, and they were down 17 points. They went on a 17-0 run to tie that game right up. They look pretty damn good in the Celtics, and they're doing this without Gordon Hayward. Listen, we all mentioned the other day, too, it wouldn't be the worst thing if the Knicks got another a lottery pick, though. So, it, yeah, <laughs> it really wouldn't be the worst but thing. But I'll tell you what, as good as those teams are in the East, there's a couple of stinkers out there, and it looks like the Bulls are going to be the worst team uh, in yeah. the NBA this year. And the Hawks aren't very good either. They're 3-12, and 12, the Bulls are 3-10, and 10, and let's uh, the Dallas Mavericks have two wins this Horrendous. year. Guys. So, And the Kings, they're a very young team. They're going to be down there. So the Knicks lottery pick probably won't be a top five, so there's actually at least five bonafide teams that are worse than them. Either way, it still would like the higher pick. If they don't make the playoffs, it's not the worst thing. It's something to build on just by watching them so far. You have to like what you see. You have to be impressed. Uh, especially, you know, we talked about it Monday, so we don't have to go into it in detail. But listen, the little scrum that they had with LeBron James, and you saw Cantor come in, and, and you saw them kind of defending each other. You like to see this from this Knicks team. Absolutely. Melo and LeBron would have been hugging. Them. And it's going to be a good draft class, too, Mike, out of the NCAA. There should be some good players coming in. Yeah, I'm I'm not not too keen. I don't know much about the draft class coming in, but I really think that the Knicks are a player two away, and the best way to get that is to get another guy in the draft. Then you can hit free agency or something, and uh, see what happens. Is this LeBron's last season in Cleveland, guys? Um, I'm curious where he would go because I mean, all the superstar teams are building in the West, and I think that should be the last place he wants to go. He should keep his little cape walk to the finals in the East. He could go anywhere. Just team up with somebody in the East, and you're good if he doesn't like uh, what his uh, surroundings in Cleveland right now. Come to the Knicks, play with Porzingis. Oh, I don't want him. Come on. I don't want him. I, I, I don't like the guy, but I mean, no. I'll shut up about everything else. Right now, past. I'll take him in a heartbeat. He comes to the Knicks. <laughs> Why would I not? They are in the Eastern Conference Finals I, yeah. automatically. I'd like to see the NBA Finals. I don't want LeBron James here. I I got in trouble for calling him a a bitch on Twitter, but uh, (laughs) he is. He really is. And, you know, him and and his showboat and all, like, they took the subway like real people. Well, he had a police escort. I mean, let's not get crazy. And another thing, going back on his win against the Knicks, that pissed me off. You're welcome, New York. Like, I'm the king of New York. Why do you take pride in beating a mediocre team at best? You beat the Knicks. They haven't made the playoffs in God knows how long. The Knicks are never good. 
You beat the Knicks three or four times all the time. Now you take your pride of being the king of New York because you beat him. Did you ever hear Jordan got pushed and Edwards ran his mouth to you? Did you ever hear Jordan talk like this? No. <laughs> this is ridiculous. He is such a diva. He is a needy diva. I cannot stand LeBron. What, a, what an accomplishment, LeBron. You beat the oh. Knicks. You, you own the Knicks. Good for you. Fantasy football question from uh, Dan on Facebook. Uh, got up to a great start with Antonio Brown Thursday. He has Baldwin as his wide receiver, too. Wants to know if we think Kenny Stills is worth starting at wide receiver three over Deshaun Jackson. Um, we talked about the Tampa Bay weak secondary. Uh, he says it's a half-point PPR league. So Kenny Stills or Deshaun Jackson? Good question. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Yeah, I'm Deshaun Jackson. I just think there's too many. Uh, listen, Parker, Landry, they're both there. Julius Thomas, like you said, has been more involved. And uh, last week, Evans was missing, but you saw Fitzpatrick uh, start to use Deshaun Jackson. Jackson's been used all year with Winston. He is six for 82 right. last week. So I, I think Jackson is the answer here. Uh, yeah, luckily you had about a 40-point effort from right. Antonio Brown. So, you, like you said, you got off to a great start. Um, Kenny Stills is hit or miss. Yeah, they're both hit or miss. I think that Deshaun is a little bit safer play. You don't need to go for the hit when you've right. already hit with Antonio yep. Brown. Go with the guy that you know is going to get you mid-level points, which should be Deshaun Jackson against Miami. Um, you could play a game differently when you have a big lead after right. Thursday night for sure. Um, maybe if you were down, you'd go with Kenny Stills. Because I, think, uh, game. I think also Kenny Stills was banged up all week too, and there was questions whether he was even going to play tomorrow. I think this is a clear Deshaun Jackson. Um, okay, so there it is. Thank you, Dan, for the question on Facebook. Always taking questions on Facebook Live, on Twitter. Uh, and a phone call in. Um, Survivor Series tomorrow night, NHL tonight, Mikey Rangers 9-9 nine and nine now. Uh, they're starting to play some road games. I talked about it early in the year when the Rangers were struggling. I thought getting on the road would help them, but they had so many home games after that that they started to win home games and win six in a row, uh, get a couple games over 500. Uh, two losses now in three nights, but against two very, very good teams. Yeah, the Chicago one um... – Listen, they just sat back. You see that that Tom Rennie defense that they go to where they sit back in their own zone and almost like a prevent defense in the NFL wasn't very good. They were in it until the third period. The third period was just an absolute disaster. One you forget about, one you don't even look at the film on. And then last night, Columbus. Columbus is a very good team. And listen, you, you went on a tear there. You can't win them all. You just have to, to move forward. I don't take anything away from either of those losses. So any hockey questions, any hockey, fantasy hockey, send them our way. We'll get them to you. We will try to get more hockey and basketball involved in the show uh, coming forward. But uh, last minute, guys. So, uh, Vinny, any final thoughts? In a fate of trying to get people to like soccer, the World Cup is going to do an NIT, a national invitation tournament, is the worst thing in uh, basketball, I always hated it. I always call the NIT not in tournament because you're playing for nothing. It's irrelevant. World Cup NIT, even worse. I'm never going to tune into soccer. Sorry. And I never thought in my life I would ever turn down free giant tickets. Thank you for the offer. But Ben McAdoo, I hate you very much. And props to Alex Rodriguez. 12 of my college picks last week. We retweeted a video about Justin Pugh and uh, 10 seconds. Wow, you really timed it well, dude. We retweeted a bit. <laughs> Good night, everybody, on Blog Talk. On Facebook, um, real quick, Justin Pugh, we retweeted a video. Uh, the relationship that he has with a, a neighbor, this Blue. older yep, this older gentleman, uh, Pugh paid his rent. They hang out all the time. Just a really touching video. It's about eight minutes. It's definitely worth your time. Um, so thank you to Block Talk listeners. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I haven't brought it up to Vinny yet for those on Facebook Live. I'm going to see if we can move it to Monday night at 7 o'clock uh, the next two weeks, uh, if it's okay with you guys. We will tweet out what time we're on, of course. We'll let you guys know. It will be on our Facebook as well. So thank you all for listening. Enjoy week 11. 
keep the questions coming on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, um, and buy the T-shirt. Verados, Peter Verados, who always follows us, a uh, little bit of a scumbag, but you do have a T-shirt <laughs> coming your way, so uh, that's for you. So, uh, and don't forget, Monday night, actually, um, since we're on Facebook and we're not going to get kicked off, we're going to have to preview a couple of games on Thursday, too. For, That's right. so I think it's a pretty good slate, actually. It's a good slate. Well, the not the, I know the night game is awesome. Not a, the night game is great. What time are the Giants? Night. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Giants-Redskins at 8.30. And I was going to uh, say, that's not going to be a good game. No, no. But, I was um, being facetious. But uh, the, I think the Vikings, aren't they? We talked it's about Detroit that. And, yeah. uh, it's Detroit versus uh, Minnesota. I think that's the early game. And then Dallas has the late game. I don't know who Dallas plays, but I can take a look. Um... Oh, the Chargers. Great game. Yeah, it's a great game. fantasy game. You got a lot of a lot yeah. of names out there that you want to Pretty watch. Pretty good slate so. for uh, the turkey. I like uh, that line. Well. Definitely a lot of games. So we'll preview Monday Night Football on Monday Night Facebook fans. We'll preview three Turkey Day games. Um, and we'll we'll uh, wrap up yesterday's action. So thanks for watching on Facebook Live. Um, and on iTunes. You're still tuned in with us because iTunes sticks after Blog Talk. So Thank you guys for listening, and have a great weekend, everybody. Don't forget, Benny the Sharks picks are on our Twitter. Go uh, hit them before it's too late. Tease the season. Make the money. Good night. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at overthetopsportnos, and on Instagram at overthetopsportshow.com.